Welcome to Mrigashara, a podcast that communicates with communicators. This podcast is a tribute to our fantastic fellow professionals, colleagues and friends. I'm Charu Raizada and this podcast is brought to you in association with Digitales. Today we step into the world of change and development. Allow me to introduce you to a person who along with the team works towards setting the stage for organizations to perform as more socially aware and conscious businesses. Meena Vaidyanathan, a social entrepreneur, founder of Neeti Consulting. She's a change management consultant and a visiting faculty at many institutions in marketing and sustainability. Neeti Consulting has supported organizations through various stages of development and requirements from strategy and mentorship to research and documentation to capacity building. So if you're working on a social change project or interested in finding your feet in the development space, then grab a cup of coffee or whatever else that you're drinking and stay glued to Mrigashara, a podcast for communication folks. Hi Meena, thank you for making the time to join us on Mrigashara. Thank you so much for inviting me, Charu. Let me begin by asking you to demystify social impact consulting. What does it mean to be a change communicator? And that's something I know you have that written on your website of Neeti Consulting, but and it really intrigues me. I would really like to know more about it. Sure. Um although we believe in change creation and not just change communication, so I just want to sort of put that disclaimer right up front yes. and i'll sort of explain um so this was about uh, 12 years back charu uh, when i had just made the switch uh, from a very mainstream corporate career uh, to uh, being on the board of a for profit global social enterprise trying to help them expand uh, called dialog social enterprise and through my work with them in sort of uh, early 2008 2009 is when i realized that there is an opportunity uh to do good earn well and create sustainable change if one focuses on very implementation focused consulting services um it was still a fairly alien concept back then and uh not very many organizations um Uh, were doing what we at neeti consulting attempted to do uh, at that time but the aim was uh, to try and create systems and processes and ideas uh, you know to try and build a foundation for change which is not dependent on organizations whichever type of organizations they are eventually programs that create large scale sustainable change need to be sustainable for them to create large scale uh, social change so that's that was sort of like the driving force for even the creation of neeti consulting and when we started out we found that even though there was several people um uh, with similar sort of uh, ideas who wanted to come together and that's how our network was born and uh, you know a little over 11 years hence i can tell you fairly you know proudly uh, you know even if i if it doesn't sound too humble is that uh, we've been able to make small uh, difference uh, i would say but to large scale social change so we worked with fewer organizations but i think helped create large scale social change which is not just dependent on us 
So to your question on what does change mean is that if, for example, you uh, are interested in improving educational parameters uh, in a particular geography, uh, it may not be only about setting up schools or, you know, uh, creating awareness about literacy or, um, you know, creating teaching programs or infrastructure for development. It could be a combination of all. It really depends on the uh, geography it, it depends on the the cultural ethos of the of the place it could also depend on where things are today and what they want to achieve so it's really uh, about building these systems uh, or building change in a way that it becomes catalytic that was the thought process and that's that's what we aim to do and continue to do in our everyday engagement if i'm understanding this right it's really about you know, we if, if we look at communication, I mean, we, we try and bring in change for the company and what they're doing, not necessarily from the social aspect. But here we are, you know, you talked about programs which are designed to bring in change. Uh, uh, so that's that's really what the whole objective is here. And if we were to really break this down to the basics, what's the approach you follow while working on a strategy for a social project? You know, you just mentioned that, you know, if it's to do with education, do you really need to know the in and out of the whole system and how it works what skill sets you need what is your approach which uh, you need to take uh, at the basic level uh, good question uh, i would say it's a combination of both uh, i think it definitely helps to have some level of domain expertise in the area that you are striving to create a systems change but i think more important uh, to people who are attempting to do similar things uh, based on our own experience would be to really uh, focus on asking the right questions, you know, and uh, we follow a lot of design thinking principles when we are creating a strategy uh, with always implementation in mind. Uh, one of the things that uh, I feel many organizations get it wrong is that in their aim to create the sort of perfect strategy, they uh, don't sort of consider, uh, you know, ground level realities many times. So that's when we sort of try and create a strategy, it's, you know, being implementable is an imperative. Um, and we work, you know, starting with that premise. Um, and when we sort of look at uh, systems and process, we always start with a need analysis. Uh, so, you know, like you rightly said, when we're looking at, say, education, uh, we would probably say, okay, what do these people need? Uh, do they need, is the end goal that everybody at least gets school education? Uh, or is there the ultimate need is to try and create livelihoods? Um, so once we understand and do the need analysis, then you work sort of backwards in terms of trying to convert into short-term and long-term goals and objectives, uh, but with a view that all of the activities that lead to these short-term and long-term goals are eventually implementable. So whenever we are approached, for example, to create a change uh, strategy or to try and develop a ideas to execution sort of uh, uh, a plan, uh, our aim always is to go back to the drawing board irrespective of whichever stage that project is. And then ask the right questions, frame and reframe uh, uh, the end objective 
focus on the wants and needs of the users and the community really that is going to be at the center of it all and then translate that into uh, relatable goals you know one of the things that i read um, recently in a book that i was um, reading was this power of the small and i couldn't sort of help relate with it as we have experienced working on the ground over the last decade or so is uh, that you know you have to celebrate small wins right. you know and by that same logic um, you know whenever you're creating a very large scale change program i think it's important also to calibrate and figure out okay what are the smaller wins uh, because the smaller wins and uh, smaller successes drive communities to do more you know it right. really helps the entire ecosystem to Uh, work towards the larger goal and we really believed in espousing that in whichever program that we have ideated yeah it's like a pyramid right i mean uh, you create you, with pebbles you know you keep celebrating mm-hmm. the smaller wins till you reach the top which is the end objective right um, yep so uh, you know evaluation has always been something which our industries always struggle with be it a communication or be it impact evaluation you know which is i think even more challenging right to measure because of the whole complex nature of uh, uh, a many long term social changes which you were just talking about as well help us understand a simple evaluation and measurement model you would advise communicators to use while developing programs for their clients So one of the things like I talked about the power of small successes and small wins one of the main reasons why people kind of have this overwhelming you know resistance uh, really to evaluation and just adopting evaluation and me- measurement processes whichever industry sector it's been has been that if you consider evaluation to be a report card of sorts it is not you know and it should not be viewed as such especially and i can speak that for the uh, development sector for sure uh, if you start looking at evaluation processes as a means to bring in better efficiency and better effectiveness you will see even behaviors uh, towards evaluation change so that's the first first sort of change in thinking that i would like to sort of propose and wherever we used it it's really resulted in significant change the second thing is where you always get this you know group of people from the outside to do sort of like an audit uh, at the end of a certain period to sort of look at it again if you only rely on that it's more often than not likely to fail you know and and always uh, would result in uh, you know the organization or the program in question uh consider it as um you know as a as something of a exam or an inspection of sorts it's not uh so the second thing that we very consciously try and build in whenever we are doing an evaluation design or a process is that while there are controls placed uh to validate the data that is collected or um you know just to make sure that it's as verifiable and as evidence oriented as possible uh the data collection process needs to be embedded in the operation of the project itself and whenever you try and build systems and processes that imbibe this you will always find evaluation as a part of operations and it's more often than not likely to succeed so that's the second 
sort of operative word when it comes to evaluation, whichever field it might be, you know, whether it is uh, measuring intangibles and in communications in HR, you know, around culture, around organizational behavior, or in social impact, where you're also measuring a lot of intangibles or long-term change, etc. And the third uh, thing that I would sort of, uh, you know, very highly recommend for those who are sort of uh, either overwhelmingly uh, keeping away from evaluations or, you know, not, not trying to sort of look at a system that kind of works for them is that whenever you have results, present it in a way, data always needs to be presented um, in a way that lends itself to taking business decisions. You know, often one finds evaluation reports, you know, so jargonesque and so difficult to comprehend for the average business lead or the average sort of uh, social entrepreneur or even a community person on the ground. If the person on the ground can't relate to whether a program is successful or not successful or, you know, uh, moving the needle or not, then it's likely that it's not going to have either the motivation or the ability for this person to find gaps and address those gaps at all. So data visualization is something that we believe in a lot. And as a communicator, Charu, you would uh, you would agree that the power of storytelling, you know, right. and well and good visualized data can really help uh, take great decisions whether it is at a business level or whether even if it is at, at an operations level. Uh, so evaluation has to lend itself to that. So we uh, we need to really believe in these three mantras and any evaluation design needs to incorporate this. And if it's not resulting in these three uh, principles, you know, and in these three sort of directives, then an evaluation is more likely to fail than not. And uh, evaluation needs to, you know, a culture of evaluation is what we aim to create so that you one doesn't need to always have an external auditor or an external person to come and do this inspection at the end of six months or a year. Um, sure, I mean, I think it's important uh, because a lot of donors and a lot of uh, organizations uh, care a lot for these annual reports, etc. I think it's very, very important. But how the data for the annual report is uh, collected and how it is presented and how it is internalized uh, needs to be more important than the final report itself. Right. No, very well explained. And I think you've really broken it down into very clearly showing that how culture of evaluation can really make or break your entire program and if it's all decided and 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 you know put in place before the program starts then you'd really know where you are headed and how you need to go about it right so if someone is interested in finding their calling in the development sector or in the social impact sector how should they go about it any guidance on that front okay i think this is by far the toughest question uh, <laughs> charming uh, I'll tell you, actually, let me uh, answer this by giving you a couple of examples, types of people who have uh, reached out to me, because I can only speak from experience. Over a period of time, you know, I, I, I teach uh, at a number of universities and I mentor a number of young people. And in the last many years, this has also been a trend. So I'll, I'll share with you interesting aspects of, you know, different types of people and what I've advised them at different points in time, perhaps that will give us 
Fair all enough. an idea. So longish answer to a short question, but this is not an easy question to answer. So one group of people are, you know, is often, you know, sort of mid-level uh, managers, uh, you know, who have some specialist skill, either in HR or supply chain or marketing or business strategy or whatever, you know, very mainstream corporate type guys who are saying, okay, now we really need to contribute and we need to sort of apply, would love to apply what we know to the social sector, whether it is as a mainstream career or something that they want to do on the site. Uh, so the advice to those types of people would be, be prepared to unlearn, you know, and don't just assume that everything that applies in the corporate sector can be just cut paste copy in the social sector. It cannot. Uh, so be prepared to unlearn, be humble, you know, know that there is another way of thinking. I do think structured way of thinking and a lot of the corporate type expertise is very, very useful in the development sector, but it's not always a good thing to be too structured. Uh, I've personally had to unlearn a lot in the last 12 odd years that I've had to, uh, when, you know, when I've made the switch. So I'm speaking from experience here. To the second type of people, which is actually the largest chunk, I would say, are students, uh, you know, who are wanting to either intern, in the development sector or you know are still idealistic and utopian in their view world and say okay you know i can change the world and i can change the earth and whatever i think great um you know that uh, there is a thinking and uh, more often than not it's usually uh you know people want to have some experience in the social sector because it uh, carries a lot of weight especially when you're applying to universities abroad um, but why not? I mean, I think it's a win-win for both the student and the social sector organizations alike. Uh, there, I would advise to be responsible. You know, if an organization or a social se sector, um, uh, you know, uh, practice is giving you the opportunity to intern, to let you learn um, and not worrying about your lack of experience or maturity coming the way of your passion, and your ability to contribute, reciprocate by making sure that you are giving it your all. So one of the things that I often find in um, very young people and unfortunately, especially true of Indian students in particular, um, is, uh, is this lack of ownership and responsibility. Again, I, I can't speak for all, but it's I've seen it a lot. Hence, I feel the need to sort of share it through this forum is that one has to sort of reciprocate it by uh, you know giving you giving one giving back the agency through ownership and through responsibility so that's the second category of people that i would like to sort of uh, um, you know uh, talk about and then there is also this third category uh, people who are very experienced people who have um, uh, you know who are sort of uh, at the fag end of a very very active uh, you know, corporate career or academic career, uh, sometimes who are now wanting to switch to the social space and contribute. Um, these people can actually contribute a lot, you know, in, in, a, in an advisory capacity, in a, in a capacity to sort of share their knowledge and their experience and their expertise. Uh, there, the advice would be is, uh, please don't look down uh, upon, I don't know, systems that are suboptimal or uh, thinking that is grounds up and, you know, and uh, 
not very articulate in their communication, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line and the more important thing is, I think there is an opportunity for all to contribute uh, to change. Um, and I think it would be wonderful if everyone out there, young, small, experienced, inexperienced, would contribute in their own way, not as a contribution, but being sort of engaged and involved. The short answer to your question is be engaged, don't contribute. Um, if you're engaged and are actively engaged, I think the what one needs to do to be uh, really someone who can change and actively uh, sort of participate in this process will become fairly evident. Who said transformation is easy, but it certainly can be satisfying, right? I mean, and that's a lot of uh, meaningful advice for our listeners. Thank you, Meena, for making the time to talk to us on Rikashira. Thank you so much, Chami. Hope you enjoy listening to Megashira, a podcast for communication folks. Do share your suggestions and feedback on Megashira at digitales.co.in. Have a great week ahead and do not forget to tune in next week. Adios.